Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You gotta score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go on this Friday, Raider Nation. In the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, we have Damon Cotton, Lindsey Brown with us again. And of course, your boy Q, we're here with you today till 4.50. Then we'll make ways for Aviator Baseball. So, Lindsey, we get a few more minutes today. Hey, I'll take every one <laughs> we can get. We always got something to say. Yes, yes, we always do. It's been a very busy day today, which is exciting. It's fun. It's Friday. Uh, the weather is beautiful outside. We're heading into a weekend, very exciting weekend here in town. So there's a lot going on. But there's a lot going on when it comes to the silver and black, especially since the draft is coming up next week. And I'll tell you, Lindsey, I don't know about you. Damon, I don't know about you. But I will be so glad when at this time next week we can actually talk about who was selected in the first round. Like next Friday at this time we'll be talking about who was selected and, oh, by the way, preparing for round two, round three, and the rest of the draft. Yeah, we get a clearer picture of of what is at stake over the next year or so and how these pieces are going to fit into this system and how this team is going to take a step Hopefully, and it just it'll it'll reinvigorate the old imagination because it gets hard to talk about the same type of stuff, ask right. the same type of questions, and uh, but it's just the the reality of the 365 day a year league that is the NFL. Man, they have created a monster, right? Mm-hmm. There is no time. I was just talking about this uh, yesterday. I was like, man, there really is no downtime, and people always say, well, you got to go on vacation, you got to go on vacation. I was like, okay, well, you tell me when the NFL sleeps, right? <laughs> right? I mean, that's the, that's the reality of it, and to stay on top of our game. We really have to be involved at all times. Like yeah. When I take vacation, and I will go on vacation at the very end of June, I'll literally have to leave. I'll, I'll go all the way to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I'll leave my computer behind because if not, you know you're going to work. Yeah. Like that's just that's how we're you wired. You got to unplug. You yes. Gotta unplug. So that'll be that one quick week, you know, and it'll be over before it's, you know, before it's even I start enjoying it. All of a sudden it'll be back like, oh, hey, get back to the grind. I just had one umbrella drink. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> right. Not enough. Exactly. That part. So by that time, and then it's all of a sudden right back to the grind and right back to, you know, a football season. Before you know it, we'll be talking about training camp. Then before you know it, we'll be talking about week one. Then we'll be talking about our plans for the pregame show, this game show. I mean, everything. And, and we'll be right back at it into the same routine. And again, the NFL has mastered the way to stay relevant all year long where there's really no downtime. And I, I mean, I got to give them a lot of credit for it because they talk and, we, and they, they create, like I said, storylines and conversation all year long. And that's why NFL's king. Yeah, even the schedule reveal, right? Right, like we know right. The there's no other like, sport, oh, right? It's coming out. We're going to know. Week three, this is where we're going to be, 4 p.m. And right. Every, it's, it's wild, but uh, it, it's certainly a machine, and I'm glad that we are at the controls today because we have a lot to get through. Yes, we do. And, yeah, it's funny you mentioned the schedule. They even have the preseason schedule. Like, okay, here's the preseason schedule release. And here's are they the, still doing Oh, this? yeah, yeah. Oh, and here's the international game release. You know, oh, it's like, yeah. here's this game. Oh, we're going to leak these uh, specialty games. This mm-hmm. is who's playing on Christmas, or this is who's playing on Thanksgiving. Like, they'll, they'll find ways to break it down to the very single, every little detail just to have a little bit more, uh, you know, just a little bit more conversation uh, about the NFL. And again, that's why we love it, and uh, that's what they do, and they do it really well. Coming up on the show today, excited about what we do as we continue with our mock draft. We are in day five, and uh, we're going to go through who? Washington. We're going to go through, let's see, we're going to go in through Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh. we got the Steelers. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got Detroit on deck, and I did it all in the the wrong order, but that's okay. We've got all those teams lined up today that we'll go through and uh, get their pick as we continue with our Unnecessary Roughness Mock Draft 2023. So uh, that's coming up on the show. Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. He's also host of Commanding the Huddle. He'll join us to talk all things Washington Commanders, but also we can deep dive into some conversation about the draft in general. He does a really good job from the Draft Network talking about just uh, the draft prospects and guys that it could be climbing up the board, guys that could be dropping down the board, the S2 scores, whatever you want to say about the S2 scores, all of a sudden those have been revealed. And, you know, we had Aaron Wilson on who does uh, covers covers uh, the football uh, going on in Houston with the Houston Texans. We had him on talking about Anthony Richardson and his score. And uh, he had told us that that uh, he had heard Anthony Richardson's score was really high. Then all of a sudden today we find out it's like a 70-something. But C.J. Stroud was an 18. So I don't know how much I put, how much stock I put into these. Uh, a lot of numbers just yeah. flying around. What's the top number? Is it the higher score, the better? Or is it yeah, golf yeah, style? no, no, the high, highest. Okay. So like Bryce Young was at the top was what, almost 100, DeMond? Yeah, he was in the 90s. But I think it was also telling with Aaron where he didn't mention, he said, I'm not going to mention guys who didn't score well. Right. But I knew, I was reading the tea leaves when we had him on the show, and he didn't mention C.J. Stroud. He also he said because when he says, "Hey, these are the guys who tested really well." Yeah, C.J. Stroud wasn't one of those names. Right, and he also said, "Hey, I'm not going to mention anybody who didn't do too well." And I, again, I don't even know how how much they really matter. I just know mm-hmm. it was a conversation that we had. And again, Anthony Richardson, to everything that we understood, had a very high score. And when I saw a 79, I was like, "Well, that's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad, but it wasn't as high as I was expecting." I thought that he was going to be number two, as as it had been relayed to us behind Bryce Young. So that, that's why you really just don't know. But I uh, just want to talk about the draft prospects Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network and hosting of Command the Huddle will join us at 2.30 to do just that and make the pick for the Washington Commanders. At 3 o'clock, Colin Dunlap from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. He'll join us to talk all things Steelers and make their pick. We have David Harrison. He's actually locked on Commanders, but he also does locked on Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So he's going to join us at 3.30 to give the pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In between that, we do have uh, uh, someone that's going to hit us up with the, the the pick for the Detroit Lions because we've already done, talked uh, to David Burke from Detroit about the Lions, so I don't want to do another preview, but we will just get the text message. Once we get the pick from Colin Dunlap, I'll shoot that text over, and then boom, we'll get the response back, and and then David Harrison will be able to give us our pick uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then at 4 o'clock, Vinny Bonsignor, he'll join us to close out the week as uh, he was over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center like I was earlier today as GM Dave Ziegler met with the media and spent a good, what, 25, almost 30 minutes uh, talking to us, and, and that was good. The last time I had an opportunity to talk to him was at the owners' meetings in Phoenix, Arizona, a little earlier uh, this month, and so or last month was it last month? I don't know. It was, I think it was le- this month, but <laughs> earlier it's this in month. In that gray area, three right. weeks plus. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so he had a, a good chunk of time to to spend with us earlier today and answered a bunch of questions. You'll actually hear a few of the sound bites from him, and of course, we'll hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. So, we're locked and loaded. We got a lot to get to on today's show. The number, if you want to chime in, is 702 365 9200. You could always chime in at any point of the show, unless we have a guest on at the time. And of course, our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword RR. Ryan Fowler, Colin Dunlap, David Harrison, Vinny Bonsignor are the guests. Plus, you'll hear from GM Dave Ziggler as he met with the media earlier today. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. 
The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, what I wanted to do today, I wanted to have a little bit of fun. This past few days, we've had so many guests as we've been trying to go through our mock draft. Uh, we haven't really had a time to, to break down and, and uh, you know have a little bit of fun and listen to this segment that I did with uh, Harry and Fitz on ESPN when I was going through their mock draft. And I talked about it here on the show before I actually made the selection. And basically what it boiled down to was I had Anthony Richardson and uh, Christian Gonzalez were basically the top two guys uh, left on the board at, at number seven that I could choose from. So I was pretty pretty fired up because I didn't think it was going to shake out like that. So uh, if you're just now tuning in, like if you didn't get to hear it the other day when we were talking about it, uh, the options and how everything shook out went like this. At number one, Bryce Young went to, uh, went to the Carolina Panthers. Then Will Anderson went to the Houston Texans at number two. So kind of threw a monkey wrench in there. C.J. Stroud, uh, we're all kind of assuming he's going to go number two. But Will Anderson, in this case, went to the Texans. Tyree Wilson at number three went to the Cardinals. Then C.J. Stroud, number four, to the Colts. Jalen Carter, number five, to Seattle. And then at six, the Detroit Lions took Devin Witherspoon. So all of a sudden, I'm sitting there on the clock, Lindsay, and I'm right. like, wait, hold on. I got Anthony Richardson. I got Christian Gonzalez. I got Will Levis, and I, I eliminate Will Levis pretty quickly yeah, here on the as show. As we all have at this point. I think so, but then you know what? He'll be the one that they call early, and we're yeah. like, whoa. He'll be a sneaker into the top 15 somehow, exactly. some way. So I finally, after talking about it here on the show, going back and forth, sending text messages, sitting there racking my brain, finally on ESPN, I was on the clock. Chimes, play the chimes. Q's on the clock. What do you got, Q? With the seventh pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile. Only one year as a starter. 13 career starts is all you got from Anthony Richardson. But, boy, how about that Utah game, September 3rd? He was on fire. 71% of his passes were completed. Rushed for 106 yards and three touchdowns. Looked like the number one pick overall guaranteed. Next week against Kentucky, he's at 40% with a couple picks and only four rushing yards on six carries. Through the year, he had some ups and downs. Accuracy comes and goes. But you can't teach, you can't coach the kind of physical and athletic talent, that rocket arm, that incredible running skills that he brings to the table he's the ultimate developmental quarterback he needs time in time he could be spectacular but there is a boomer bust look to anthony richardson i went back and forth on quite a bit between anthony richardson and the cornerback out of oregon christian gonzalez the raiders really need a lot of defensive help and so i really was leaning that direction but i think that josh mcdaniels would love to have the opportunity to groom his quarterback of the future of the long future and they still have 11 draft picks in a draft that is very deep in corners very deep in defensive players in general. They can address that defense that needs a lot of work starting as early as the second round or maybe even trading up to the back end of the first round. So Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, is the pick for the silver and black at number seven. Go ahead. Had a baby fit. Had a baby. Go ahead. Had a baby fit. Go ahead. Um, well, I will say this. We know the future of the Raiders, they will probably need a quarterback. We know Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the guy this year. He was in Josh McDaniel's system when he was with the New England Patriots. So Anthony Richardson is going to have an opportunity to actually sit behind someone and learn the concepts that they want to run from an offensive standpoint. But when you look at the big playability, you look at how he can run, break tackles, the arm strength, and what he can be, because I think you look at all the quarterbacks in this draft, fits. he has the most potential and upside of all of them. And if he reached that p- potential, this guy can be the limit for this young man. Now, do the Raiders really want to go there? I think they need a lot of defensive help. 
but I wouldn't actually mind this pick for the Las Vegas Raiders because Anthony Richardson wouldn't have to play right now, and he can actually sit down and learn the ins and outs of the game of football at the national football level. No, 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 and more no. The last, when your team sucks, when your team sucks every year, the last thing you want to hear is ultimate boom or bust, total developmental project. Those aren't words you want to hear around a first round. You know how a bad team stays bad? Rolling the dice every time. You don't bet your mortgage on putting all your chips on uh, black on the roulette table and just hoping it wins. Like At some point, you got to get bonafide stars. Starters, people you know that can come in and help. This team has so many holes. I think Harry Douglas could start at corner for the Raiders right now, and that's just like you haven't even played in the league in a few years. You put some cleats on, you be you be corner one. All right, I'm like, jumping everything too. Jumping everything. Point, you got to get starters at some point. Like having this concept of projects is great, but then when your roster is just one big old barrel of suck around that project, what are you doing for them? Oh man, the worst idea is Anthony Rich. Like any developmental prospect at quarterback that's going to sit there and have he's going to have 18 different head coaches 47 different GMs and 53 different offensive linemen in the first three weeks because the Raiders roster will suck around him. I hate this pick. God. <laughs> Q, Q we're, we're enemies now. Mortal enemies with Q. Q, Myers. you my boy Blue. <laughs> so there you go. That was from Fitz and Harry on ESPN and uh, Lindsay, you could tell that Fitz was not a big fan of my pick but Harry was okay with it. And again, yeah. my, my argument was, and I want to throw it out there so you can uh, chime in as well, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r I didn't trade up for a potential quarterback of the future, and I know that P word scares everyone, potential. I didn't trade up for him. He fell to me. True. And the draft is deep in corners, as everyone has called in this show and said, and not to mention the Raiders still have 11 draft picks to work with, so they got a lot of wiggle room. So that's yeah. why Anthony Richardson made sense to me. If they had a limited amount of picks, I would have said no. I would have gone with the corner or another defensive player. But the way the board shook out, and sometimes that's how it goes, you roll the dice. So I rolled the dice. So what are your thoughts? I'm with Fitz, mostly. <laughs> She's like, that sounded good, uh, you. Like, it's that a great sounded argument. good, You're, but you're no. advocating for, for those down under incredibly well. But it's just he's right in so many different ways in terms of the holes that are just littered across this roster. And you're right. You didn't have to give up any capital, which is absolutely one of those things. You're like, oh, maybe I'll consider this deal instead of one that is screwing ourselves over. But it's not only you're investing into that position, but then you're not having somebody develop and make an immediate impact for this roster this year. And I know that we're taking the longer term view. I mean, Zeke's going to tell us all about the process, all that. Right, right. But I just... It's too big of a gamble on too little of a foundation for for me to entertain that. But you know what? Maybe I need to get a little bit more of a gambling mindset. I've been here too long. I've been in in my cave, and I need to make sure I need to get get back on the tables. When you're in Vegas, the way way to stay in Vegas is stay off the tables. (laughs) Stay away from the casinos. But, Damon, I'll pass the wheels of steel and the sticks to you. What are your thoughts? You you heard the pick. I picked Anthony Richardson. You know we had the show where I went back and forth. What would Raider Nation do? Ultimately, what was your thoughts when you heard it? I love the pick because a couple of weeks ago, I tried to throw out there, if you could just get one Hall of Fame player and the rest of the draft isn't that good, would you do it? And people say, no, you got to get at least three or four starters in this draft. 
I, I still I still believe that three or four starters need to be had. I, now I'm saying Anthony Richardson could end up being a hell of a player, but I still think that they need to definitely address the team and address that defensive side of the ball. Yeah. So my point is, where people are saying you need to get those three or four starters, Anthony Richardson isn't taking away the rest of the good drafting that you need to do later in the right. draft. True. People say, hey, you draft that quarterback, maybe you're giving up on a stud. So w- what do you expect the rest of the draft to be? If you're saying that, hey, you need to go and get three or four starters in this draft, I don't think that Anthony Richardson takes away from that. Because of, to me, eventually you're just kicking the can down the road when it comes to hey, what does the team need? At everybody, some point, you got to get your quarterback. Everybody's looking for that quarterback. Yeah. And as Todd McShay said, you get more bites at the apple. A team should maybe start trying to draft a quarterback every two or three years. Why not? If this is your highest opportunity to pick this high in the draft, it's a project take, quarterback, not your top pick. That's different. When are you ever going to get someone? Go what if he two is years, a, what like if, first round pick spent on a quarterback? No, exactly. This is, this is the best chance that you have because you are picking so high in the draft. Well, yeah, what if that ends up being your franchise? What? How would you feel? This is the thing, and, and Raider Nation, I want to know from you. How would you feel if you had that guy fall to you without making any kind of sudden movements? You just happened to let him fall to you, and then all of a sudden he ends up going on to be some stud with another team, and similar to Aaron Rodgers, and you end up picking Fabian Washington. Right? I mean, that happened. The Raiders well, have been there, done that. They've, you can't equate success somewhere else. I understand. It's automatic if he would have been if here. You, but you need the long-term quarterback. Jimmy G is not the long-term solution. Sure. So, and, and but he's what, not the one-year term right, solution. No, no, he, he could even be a two-year term solution. Yeah. So wouldn't it be ideal if you can get a guy and let him sit like an Anthony Richardson and learn the game and then when it's time to take over, then take over, and you still have an opportunity to win right now? I'm all for sitting those guys down and having them learn behind it. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be a two-year project for that. You can go out and get a guy next year and then spend that high capital on somebody that's going to make a big impact on your defense right away. But everybody has a little piece of the truth in here. So <laughs> 702-365-9200. We'd love to get your thoughts. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. I'd like to get your thoughts. My guy, Laker, E-E-E-E-E on Twitter, who hated. He hated uh, Ed Graney's pick when Ed picked Christian Gonzalez for the Raiders at number seven. Hated that pick. Why? Hated that pick. Well, after hearing Anthony Richardson, he said, Anthony Richardson, great pick, my guy. Let's go. Q. FTW, Raider Nation. Wow. He's excited. There. And then he said, don't listen to Fitz. He don't know a damn thing. So he's he's fired up. He's on DeMond's side. He's on my side with this one. And again, I wouldn't have made the move. I would have gone defense. But the guy fell to me. It's not like I traded up. The guy fell in my lap. It was it was it was almost too good to be true. So sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. This is still going back to my. So you have a Maserati or an Odyssey minivan. If a, if like, a Maserati happens know, to land in your driveway, you're gonna have to pay on that. And what if the motor goes out? You know how finicky those those foreign cars look, can get. Look, you're gonna be in the garage half the time paying a premium. Let price. me tell you this, Lindsay. Let me tell you a little something my about dad your boy. It out let wrong guy to have that argument with. Actually, let me tell you how a little. Yeah, I'm the wrong guy to have that argument with. If there's a Maserati or a Cadillac in my driveway and there's a Honda in my driveway, I'm taking the Cadillac every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I said an Odyssey minivan. Don't you dare call okay, the Honda. Okay, sorry. The if there's an Odyssey <laughs> minivan in anywhere near my life and there's a they Cadillac Escalade, seats, I'm taking that Escalade every oh, single time. I don't man. care if they say, Q, your registration is going to be 1300 a year. I don't care. I do care, but I'll pay it. <laughs> Simple as that. 702-365-9200. DeMond, who we got up? Raider 27. Raider 27. Tell us something, man. Give us something good. Do something good for your country. Hey, Q. I love your pick. That's what I'm talking Anthony about. Anthony Rogerson's got so much talent, so much potential. As long as we don't ruin that kid, give him a couple years, he's going to be 
something that can, he's going to be a player that can compete with Patrick Mahomes. I also Boy. listened to your other draft when you uh, drafted down to 10. Yeah, yeah, that was on the Lockdown Podcast. That yep. was a good one. That was good. That was See? a good podcast. I enjoyed that. See? Wow. I'm a great team. A lot of fans for you today, Q. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's okay. You let, maybe next time let DeMond negotiate. Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll negotiate a dollar stake. <laughs> Thanks, Raider27. Appreciate the call, brother. I'm a great GM. Look at that. On two hey, different you're shows. you a lot of votes. And you know what's funny? I asked Dave Ziegler that today. I asked him that about the, you know, kind of going through the different mock drafts. And I told him, I, I just put it out there simple. Like, hey, we go through mock drafts. We've done multiple ones. Drafts shake out different ways. You know, how many times have you done kind of a dry run? And he asked me straight up. He was like, well, who did you get? And I, I didn't say it right then and there. Right. Because I just, I was like, well, I don't want to waste his time. But oh. after, after <laughs> the show, no, seriously. But after the, after the thing was over, after the whole presser was over, I told him, I said, I had Weatherspoon in one, and I had Anthony Richardson in another one. He said, hmm, okay, good pick. Those are both options. But can you imagine if I gave him those answers, and then everyone's looking at his eyes? Like, because you know everyone, and there would have been memes. It twitched. It twitched. Oh, he blinked when Q said Richardson. They're going with it. Even that answer, good picks. He said good picks. Right, exactly. But the family feud. Great answer. Great answer. (laughs) That's right. But I do think that they were good quality picks. And again, they can shake out so many different ways just in this scenario it happened to fall that a quarterback like Anthony Richardson, who has so much upside, and I get it, it's a boomer bust, but it's 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 there. Let me ask you this. All right. Take out Anthony Richardson okay. and put C.J. Stroud in there. Do you make the same pick? At seven? Yeah. Oh, he's there. hell yes. Yeah? Hell yes. Okay. Yeah, so I wouldn't just, for Will Levis. you're that hot and heavy I for a quarterback. Uh, no, I'm, I'm... Except for Will Levis. Yeah, Will Levis I'd have been out on. Out if Bryce lot. Young had been out there, I know who who calls in and Bryce says Bryce Young's going to fall. Hennon Hooker, or not Hennon Hooker. Hardcore uh, Raider. Hardcore Raider, who's a Hennon Hooker fan. He always calls and says Bryce Young's going to fall to seven. That's not going to happen. But Stroud... Stroud I would, might. Stroud, yeah, if he does, I'd be all for it. I'd be all for it at seven because yeah. I think he has that much that much potential. And I know potential's but a scary he's word. he's not as big of a, of a project no, as, he's not. as Jimmy no, is. No. And then it probably changes your outlook over the next couple of years because you probably want to rush him after one year. Year. I'm like, do you really want to bet the farm on on CJ Stroud? Right. No. I mean, you're you're apparently willing to do it for Anthony. I'm not, Richardson. but I'm not betting the the farm because they they fell to me. If I bet yeah. the farm, I'd have to give up extra. That's true. You know, what I mean, that's, that's like true. that's it's your like, saving grace. It's like paying twenty five dollars for a dollar steak. Like I'm not going to do that. Right. But you if know? you're at a nice place where they sweep up your crumbs, I mean, you're paying for the experience. Oh, there you go. And you know? we all here in they Vegas know bread. about the experience, right? They got great bread, and that's all I care about. Demond, who we got up next, my man? Big Jose in San Jose. Big Jose, tell me something good, brother. My guy, how you guys doing? Uh, we're blessed. Friday afternoon. Yes, sir. Never yeah, mailing it in here. That's it, right? <laughs> hey, I, I got a couple of names I got to drop on you, okay? All right. C. Woodson, Namdi Asamoa versus Russell and Marinovich. Come on, bro. You just... Persisting and okay, well that's easy. That's easy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, hold on, Big Jose. Give me a second. Hold on, brother. Okay, in that case, I could say DJ Hayden. I could say uh, who else was the first round? Damon Arnett. I mean, I could say that with the corners too. That Gary on Conley. Gary on Conley. I mean, we can we can. I can say that about offensive lineman Robert Gallery. I can say that about a linebacker. I can say that about a safety, uh, Michael Huff. We can say that about everybody. Uh-oh. <laughs> He's had enough. He's I mean, had enough. I'm just saying, who's not a boomer bust? Uh, uh, who who doesn't know. have a chance of not living up to expectations? Real like, quick. Darren that's... McFadden was a no-miss, right? Oh, man, he was supposed to be the man. Yes. But that's also part of my, like, where it's like, oh, you draft Anthony Richardson. Who's to say wh- whoever you would draft if that seventh pick 
is going to be a success. Right. Sure. If he's just an okay player, I would still rather take that generational quarterback that has the ceiling or the potential to be the next, you know, as I'll good as Patrick what? Mahomes, then, okay, he was a good corner that played 10 years. None of these quarterbacks are guaranteed to be worth assault. Right. None of them. 100%. But, you, but someone's going to take them. Right? Someone's going to take them. Who else? We got time for one more call? Hardcore Raider, you're up. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, Darren McFadden, none of the coaches besides Hugh Jackson ever utilized Darren McFadden Agreed. correctly. Agreed. And, and, I know and he had bad feet. Was an issue. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and that was an issue with the, the dirt there, and that's kind of a different topic. But I, I'm just saying, like, it just goes to show how important it is that a coach uses players correctly. And Hugh Jackson was the only coach that ever asked Darren McFadden what kind of runs he likes to Agreed. run. And that was once we started bumping him outside – and he was having a stellar year. But anyways, that's hitting it here or there. So, like, like we've talked a lot about, like, how a lot of draft picks, you know, have been bust and, like, not worked out and whatnot. And a lot of that is coaching scheme or whatever. But I, I really, truly think that a lot of it is just these guys are thrown into the frying pan too soon. They yeah. need time to develop, even if they're super studs. They got it. Otherwise, I just think there's sometimes there's too much weight put on these guys' shoulders. So, you know, like the Jalen Hurts thing. I mean, looking back now, who wouldn't have drafted Jalen Hurts into the first round? Go back and look at the the sound bites for Mel Kiper and some of these other guys that were saying, you know, talking, you know, about Jalen Hurts. And you know, they said he has potential, but none of them said he was that he was going to be a stud QB. It was actually the opposite. So going going into this draft, like I was huge on uh, Anthony Richardson. That was kind of my Jalen Hurts kind of guy because I felt like you know he had he had talent, and I did kind of switch to Hinton Hooker. But that's because when I, I just saw something different in him and Hooker from his throwing mechanics, his accuracy, decision-making, it was just like, I don't know, it's just weird. Sometimes you watch a guy and you're like, wow, man, there's just something special about this guy. But my point is, like, even if we did get Anthony Richardson, if he's going to end up being a Jalen Hurts dude, I mean, you how could you how could you not love that move, whether it's Anthony Richardson, Hinton Hooker, or whoever? So I'm just saying, I'm agreeing with you, Q. There you uh, go, that so boy. I, 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 I'm out of the pick, and I, I – I ain't trying to ride your coattails. I'm just saying, like, okay. look, dude, like, you know, we're, we're in years past. Jalen Hurts just took a team to a Super Bowl, and we're sitting here scratching our heads wondering if Jimmy G's going to get hurt. And now we're, like, having cold feet that we don't want a quarterback. I mean, you got to be kidding me. I want a quarterback to take us to the promised land. I don't care who he is. Let's get it done. And we got this draft to potentially do it. I'm all in. Let's go. I'm ready to gamble at the poker tables. Let's go. There you go. As my uh, grandfather or grandmother would say, uh, preach or preach on. I like that. Go ahead, man. It's all good. I appreciate that. One quick text as we close things out from Just Win Wendy, good friend of the show. Sorry, Q. I'm still on cornerback for number seven train. I want a sauce gardener or a defensive rookie of the year. I don't care if ARL, AR fell in your lap. He is not a sure thing. He ain't a Maserati. Witherspoon or Gonzalez might be a Cadillac. Get here development quarterback later in the draft. That's yeah, just Wendy. Wendy. She knows how to get to See, my heart. I, I she throws say. out the Cadillac and knows how to get to my heart. 227 is the time from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Red Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Chimes, play the chimes. Q's on the clock. What do you got, Q? With the seventh pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. No, 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 and more no. Hugh, you, you my boy, Blue. Oh, oh.
boy, Blue! You're my boy. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 233 is the time here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Lindsey Brown, Damon Cotton, your boy Q. That was a little abrupt right there. No music, no music entry, no big shebang, but that's okay. We did hear my selection that I made on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio where it was uh, I picked Anthony Richardson at number seven over Christian Gonzalez. And right now, no. <laughs> and that's how Jason Fitz that's sounded. Exactly. Jason Fitz sounded just like that with the selection. But join us now on the phone lines, and he'll tell us a little something, something about that selection. It's Ryan Fowler from thedraftnetwork.com, also host of Commanding the Huddle, uh, talking all things Washington Commanders. And, Ryan, thanks so much for your time. And let's start off with what I did. I was uh, on Fitz and Harry on ESPN and had to make the selection for the Raiders at number seven. And, Anthony Richardson fell to my lap. Without me having to trade up, he fell to my lap. Christian Gonzalez was there in my lap as well. And for the Raiders' sake, I took Anthony Richardson and said that he could sit behind Jimmy G, not be forced to play, and thought that that was a good pick. What are your thoughts? Yeah, first off, thanks for having me, Q. Uh, bottom line is, look, either you got a quarterback or you're looking for one, right? And you got to figure out the most important position in American sports. And I don't doubt you at all for taking a guy that is not just one of the most unique athletes to end of the draft this year, but – one in a long time, and as, as far as his projectability goes, I, we, we're kind of labeling him as too much of a project right now. I don't think we're giving the kid enough credit for what he can do under center. I love that pick in the top ten for the Raiders. Boom, there it is right there. And You know, it's funny, Ryan, I saw, you know, there's, you could look at the stats and the numbers, and you could look at the completion percentage, but there was multiple games, and I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but at Florida, he had multiple games where guys had like, they had like nine drops. And, I mean, if you take those drops away, all of a sudden, and I, I know you can't, but if you do, all of a sudden that completion percentage looks a whole lot different if that's the case, right? Exactly, yeah. The quarterback position, it goes overlooked, but it correlates, right? With the guys you got in the front five, who's your running back you can hand it off to take the pressure off you, and who's the guys on the outside that are, that are running routes? And if you don't have guys on the outside that can separate, and then the number one job that you're on the outside to do is, is catch the football. You, got, you don't have guys that can catch football, you're going to have a long day no matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're Anthony Richardson and – or you're Patrick Mahomes. So that matters a ton, absolutely. Ryan Fowler of thedraftnetwork.com and also hosting of the C- Command the Huddle uh, podcast is with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Lindsay's got one for you. Yeah, let's talk about your huddle and, and, and what the secondary that needs help, kind of like the Raiders do, but you guys aren't in the position where you're probably going to have a chance to get one of those top cornerbacks. It depends on how things unfold, but desperation is a hell of a motivator. Would you classify the Commanders as a desperate enough team to be a wheeler and dealer heading into this draft, or are they more likely to navigate this as their fate unfolds? I would say, as far as wheeling and dealing, I would say the most likely to move back, if anything. I don't see them trading up in, in this instance. But, yeah, they're going to need some help in the secondary, and that's where my focus lies for the Burgundy goal. they got to get guys in the building that can be a CB1 for you. You know, you're guarding Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, twice a year, right, at, at minimum. They're facing the playoffs, you never know. And they just got to get guys in the building that are better in man, better in zone. Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator, did a nice job last year, first few years he's been in Washington and earned himself a fourth season. They got a great front four, right, headlined by John Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Chase Young. But the guys in the secondary have got to be better, running man, running zone. And, and my focus really is on Deontay Banks from the University of Maryland. But, yeah, trading back is where I see them most. I don't see them trading up. And getting help in the secondary, first things first in the first round. It looks like Sam Howell, he's definitely going to be the starting quarterback for the commander. So they're not looking for quarterback in the first round. But what about some skill position players that maybe help out that first-year starting quarterback they're going to have? Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, tight end is there at 16. Guys, Dalton Kincaid, tight end from Utah, mm-hmm. is my top tight end on the board. Wouldn't be shocked. We know how important tight ends are for Eric Bieniemy's offense. You know, not just Travis Kelsey, but guys behind him, like that he's used over the years. 
look at running backs. A lot of talk here in, in, in Washington, the Burgundy Gold. If Bijan Robinson were to six, flip to 16, first things first, you don't get upset at a GM for taking a guy like Bijan Robinson <laughs> if he's there at 16 overall, first things first. So, but mainly it's going to be, it's going to be tight end and it may be running back considering JD McKissick is now gone, but I think they'll address that late on day three. You know, I'm glad you brought up Eric Bieniemy because I, I did want to ask you, what does the Eric Bieniemy offense look like? Like in your mind, what do you think that offense looks like? Yeah, he has pillars to his offense. The RPO game, you saw a ton with Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's what's going to translate extremely well with Sam Howell. Considering what he did in North Carolina and that so long ago offense, a lot of RPO-centric stuff. But what I love about Eric is his ability to consistently modify his offense to what he sees weekly. It's not just pigeonholing players into schemes and trying to figure it out on the fly. It's every single week is a different preparation to what defense you're facing, whether a team wants to run DB heavy, whether a team that plays in sub a ton, whether a team that wants to bulk up the middle and get after you and as a, as a blitz-heavy defense like a Wink Martindale in New York. It's, it's as far as what you're facing each single week. Eric Bieniemy does such a nice job of tailoring his offensive game plan to put the offense and skill players that we know Washington has headlined by Terry McCorn and Jahan Dotson in the best way possible. Well, and the commanders played a lot from the shotgun last year. Maybe that's inflated to give the quarterback more time because the offensive line isn't exactly the most fortified of groups. It's not the sexiest pick uh, when it comes to selecting the offensive line, but what's the most efficient way to improve this front over the next couple of weeks? What picks need to be made to create a, a viable rotation? Yeah, for me, my focus is on the left side. Right now, I think they're solidified on the right side. They're going to slide Sam Cosby in the right guard and they brought in Andrew Wiley to follow the enemy over from the Kansas City Chiefs. But, see, this is where it gets a little fun because at 16 you could say go corner, but the tackle depth in this class, if, if they're outside of that range of getting the top tier one tackles in this class, if Darnell Wright from Tennessee is on the board, people forget he started his career at left tackle for Tennessee, that could be a target, and I would not be mad if they went there at 16. But Sam Howell, the best way to reach that performance ceiling for young quarterbacks we know is keeping them upright. doesn't matter how good you are. You've got to have guys – that can protect you. Look back at that Tampa Bay Super Bowl against Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes running for his life. Eric Bannemi saw that firsthand. So getting that, getting guys in the building that can keep him upright on the left side specifically, excuse me, I don't think that Peter Skronsky will be there or Paris Johnson, but you got to get somebody in the building that will keep him upright, and they have to improve along the front five because that's where games are won and lost, no matter how sexy we can get with the running backs and wide receivers nowadays. Again, we're talking with Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, also a host of Commanding the Huddle podcast here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Damon. Yes, I do want to ask you about just some prospects that maybe the commanders don't need, but I know you'll have a good evaluation for him. Kalijah Canty, he is someone that is Ooh. so interesting to me because everyone's saying, hey, he could be that Aaron Donald 2.0. But in your evaluation of him, where do you think he's gone? Because he's also someone that hasn't taken a visit, basically telling all 32 teams, my work speaks for itself. So what do you think about that guy, and where do you think he may fall in this draft? Yeah, so the crazy thing about that is when you hear the Aaron Donald comparisons, guys, when you look at it, bottom line of him coming out of school, he's not Aaron Donald. Aaron was much longer, so it's just specifically with his arm length and measurables. But as far as how they win within the interior, they are similar in that facet. And I think he is the most explosive player on the defensive line, really, in this class as a whole. He's extremely explosive, and I love his game. And you look towards... The back end of day one is where I have him going. I look at a team like New Orleans that is sitting there in the back half look at 29. That's a fantastic fit for me. And Kalijah, I think, is going to have a heck of a career. He's not someone who's going to be overwhelmingly dominant in the run game, anchoring against double teams, and these big guards are 320, 325. But nowadays it's all about pressures, right, the sexy and sacks. And he's going to be able to push a pocket consistently. you got guys on the edge. So he goes to a spot like Philadelphia that's sitting there at 30, and you got Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, 
you got Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick coming off the edge, best of luck for you. Pick your poison and who you're going to block. And then with Jalen Carter, we all hear about, hey, teams may try to pass on him, but do you think that you can get a good interior defensive lineman on day two in the draft? Yeah, I absolutely do. Two of my favorite guys in this class are on day two, an interior D-line. One is Mozzie Smith from Michigan, and the second is Keanu Benton from Wisconsin, who has not received enough attention in this class. I absolutely love his game. Over, he's twitched up at 310 pounds, which you really do not see. Kalijah's a little bit like that, but he's much lighter than Keanu because Keanu can play straight-up nose and live at one tech for you. Whether you're playing an odd man front or even man front, do a lot of different things for you. Extremely, extremely powerful and quick hands. Fluid lower half, the ability to anchor against double teams in the run, throw guys around. He's a former All-State wrestler. You know those guys play with leverage within the interior. I love Keanu Benton from Wisconsin and Mozzie Smith, those interior guys, once you get past guys like Elijah Canty and Jalen Carter. Well, Ryan, now that Taylor Heineke is gone, I really only have one reason to watch the Commanders, and that's Chase Young. Uh, just an unbelievable talent. What <laughs> is, is he the playing? Next? Yeah, I, well, that's, that's the thing, because obviously his availability hasn't exactly been the most consistent, but what does the next level look like for Chase Young in your mind? Yeah, the biggest thing with Chase is continuing to, well, not only just get healthier, I want to see the kid at 100%, and obviously the fifth-year option is looming over their heads right now. But he has got to continue to develop his pass rush repertoire. And even at, in high school with Amatha and then going to Ohio State, a lot of the time he won because he was the biggest, fastest, strongest athlete on the field. And that obviously we saw that in Power 5 and Big 10. Now, he was successful in 2020. No one really didn't have much, too much tape on him at the professional level. But he's got to improve his ability to rush from the inside as well, meaning put that outside foot in the ground and work to the inside. Every single time I've seen him a lot in the Burgundy goal is trying to win on that outside arc, that outside shoulder of the tackle. He's got to be able to bull rush guys, work to the inside, use his hands, counter guys. He's got to be able to improve in that facet if he's ever going to reach the performance ceiling after selecting him with a second overall pick, coming in potentially being a defensive player of the year candidate. He's got to be better, or he's just not going to be in the Burgundy Gold moving forward. Ryan Fowler with the 16th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Who are the Washington Commanders selecting? Yeah, I'm going Deontay Banks, corner from the University of Maryland. I know Devin Weatherspoon is here on the board. However, I do have a little bit of concerns with Devin and straight-up man. Mm. And I know the league has some as well as far as that long speed. I look at Deontay, obviously a local guy coming over from College Park into Maryland, not a long drive to Ashburn, their facility, and obviously FedEx Field and Landover. But Deontay, three, four years down the road, not going to be surprised if he's the best corner in this class. Man, zone. His ability to come downhill in the run game and blow, blow running backs up in the flat area of the defense. They need a CD1, and they need guys that can be physical man and smooth working downhill in that five to seven yard area off the ball. They like guys like Benjamin St. Hughes, 33 inch arms, Cameron Dantzler, they're brought over from Minnesota, similar types of builds. But Deontay would be a CB1, potentially shut down a third of the side of the field for you, free everything up for those young safeties that they have in the building. The Percy Butler is going to play more. Derek Forrest plays in the box form. And then we already know who's in that front four with the, ne- the names I mentioned earlier. So at 16 overall, I'm going to go Deontay Banks from the University of Maryland. Nice, nice. Well, I'm going to put that up on the board. And, and Ryan, you kind of touched on what I was going to ask you next because Witherspoon is blowing my mind that he's still not selected in our mock draft here. So in your opinion, I mean, you, you talked about a couple of the concerns that maybe the league has with Witherspoon. Is that a, almost a, a foregone conclusion in your mind that Christian Gonzalez will be the first corner off the board? Yes. I fully agree that Christian will be number one off the board. He's the number one corner in my class. He's the most fluid, most pro-ready guy, high floor, high ceiling, unique combo. So I do think Christian will be first off the board. And 
Look, Devin Weatherspoon's a heck of a player. He's actually CB2 on my, on my personal board, but as far as fit-wise, mm-hmm. he's not the best fit in Washington's defense, even though, again, I love working him downhill, but Jack Del Rio wants to do some things in man and in zone, and I, I have some lapses in Devin Weatherspoon's game, but I've seen Illinois to where Deontay Banks trumps in for me here at 16. I like it. I like it. Again, and, and, and dropping nuggets on us, because that was one of the questions I had going into the show, starting the show, was like, why is Witherspoon still on the board? He was supposed to go top 10, but it happens every year, right? There's someone that we're looking at that's top 10 that all of a sudden they're sitting around at 15, 16, 18, 20. You're like, wait a minute, what in the hell happened? And there you go. That could be the case with one Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. Well, Ryan, great stuff as always. Definitely appreciate your pick. What do you got coming out, man? We're in the home stretch now, the Draft Network, and, of course, Commanding the Huddle Podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, the podcast is going to take a little break until I get back from Kansas City. I'll be out there next week. But, yeah, we're going to be out there, all of us here at CDN. We're going to have content coming out, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you keep it locked to CDN. We'll have it covered throughout the 2023 draft live in Kansas City. I like it. Well, I'll be out there as well, my man. So we'll definitely uh, have to catch up and uh, share some barbecue and, uh, of course, take in the draft together. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ryan Fowler, great job. The Draft Network right there on Twitter at underscore Ryan Fowler. Definitely appreciate him. And, oh, man, Deontay Banks. I'm really shocked that Witherspoon is still available on our mock draft. But, again, that's how things shake out. Sometimes you just think that you know and you really don't know. 2.46 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number one. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. Made the pick for the Washington Commanders. Deontay Banks, cornerback out of Maryland, leaving Devin Witherspoon still on the board. Joey Porter still on the board. Interesting. Interesting and more interesting as we continue to go through our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft here. Having a lot of fun with it. We'll be through with, what, 19 or 20 by the time the show's over today. And we'll wrap everything up next week. Colin Dunlap, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, will join us at the top of the hour to give the pick. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, we'll have someone text in for the Detroit Lions, and then we'll get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, on the clock as well. Then Vinny Bonsignor will join us at 4 o'clock, be the last guest of the show. Plus, we'll hear from Dave Ziegler as he met with the media earlier today. Had a few uh, things he had to say that I thought were pretty good, but we've been getting your uh, your thoughts on the results of the Fitz and Harry mock draft, at least a portion of it that I participated, which was give the pick for the Raiders at number seven. It basically, for me, boiled down to Anthony Richardson and Christian Gonzalez, and I went with Anthony Richardson. Jason Fitz hated it. Harry Douglas understood it. Lindsey Brown here, co-hosting today. Uh, she's not a big fan of it. DeMond is all about it. <laughs> He's all about it, about it. We've had uh, a lot of different opinions. How about this one from Raider James? Q, after the Tim Tebow debacle, there's simply no way that Coach McDaniels is going to take a chance on another gimmick quarterback from Florida. I'd be shocked if that happens. So that's Raider James. And I'll say this. uh, When I made that pick, the producer for uh, Fitz and Harry on ESPN was like, oh, hey, what could go wrong, right? Another Florida quarterback. Drafted by Josh McDaniels with the right. number 15. Who, who? It, nothing could go wrong. No so parallels he, here. Right. So he brought that up, and I was like, why would you bring that up? Why Time would you put that? <laughs> why would you even put that into the atmosphere? Put it into the air. Why would you do that? And he was like, well, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, it just happened. I wonder if it ha- it does have that type of impact, though. It doesn't. Stay there's, away. It, there's no way. I don't know. There's no way. There's we no way. We learn things. You put your hand on the stove, it burns. You learn not to touch the stove again. How many burns you have in life? Not many. <laughs> I, I did it once, and I learned my lesson. Okay. I got you. I know DeMond over there has burned his hand plenty of times. 
People, uh, are, people yeah. are in his hand in the kitchen on the way in here today. But a lot of those things, there's just no parallel to it. Like, why does that even matter? If that was the case, teams would stay away from everybody from, you know, blue blood programs, let's say. Because how many times have people been burned by someone from Ohio State yeah. or Michigan or Florida? Then you would say, hey, if you're in the national championship game, I don't want to look at you. Yeah. Bryce Young if that was the case, top pick as a quarterback is the only person that's come out of Alabama that's worth a damn is Jalen. Right. Well, and he, that's and, recent. And that's recent, and he's you and know AJ McCarron. You know it, he's in different leagues. Now. Yeah, yeah, that XFL action that he's doing. But for I mean, the for the longest, right? I mean, there was no Alabama quarterback that was worth the salt except for the snake. <laughs> I mean, if you want to be honest about the situation, yeah. and that's taking it back again, Raider royalty as well. But uh, I like it though because that's what naturally happens. Just like people have suggested, Jake Hayner, quarterback out of Fresno State, and how many times, Demond, have we got calls like, "Oh no, not another, not another Fresno State, State guy." Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's just it's. I think people just naturally put those those together. It's just also, easy. gimmick quarterback, you played yourself. You're telling us you don't know football. Well, you can't help it when most of the ESPN coverage is, he threw it all the way to the roof! Like, that was a lot of his coverage of his pro day. That, it really was. And that, I thought, I didn't I didn't think that was even a That's good decision. That's not his fault, though. Well, either. no, it was because that was totally planned. That was not that was sure. not something that was that, that didn't happen on accident. it wasn't his fault that they decided to focus on that particular aspect of his pro day. Yeah. But he did it. You're right. We got a text from the 408Q. Why did you clam up when Ziggy asked you who you take at 7? I definitely did not. I actually told him about it after uh, after we were over. I, I told him I took Witherspoon and I took Richardson. Um, I'm, I don't know, in a limited time press conference didn't clam up i told him i took a lot of people i did right? a lot of mocks i mean yeah we've been on plenty of mock drafts the, the it's not the q and dave show you know it's I about mean, being considerate right. someone else would have been like all right q enough you talked to him enough already you know hey i didn't think i didn't think it was a big deal but okay but uh yeah there, there's that so we'll, we'll hear from that a little bit later on in the show but definitely appreciate the text definitely did not clam up so uh, yeah there's that 702-365-9200 mitch in new jersey you're up next what's on your mind brother how you guys doing? Uh, thanks for taking my call. Happy Friday. Yes, sir. That'd be great. I lose two quarterbacks, fall to number seven. And um, got a lot of picks. More pressure on the defense. And one guy, the guy from USC, I think his name is Tui Tulipoli. Oh, the linebacker from Bama? No, USC. I mean, USC. Oh, just kidding. My bad. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you got you got me, uh, Kyo. No, no, no. I, 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 that was my bad. <laughs> No, no, you're bad. You're never bad. You're you're always good. And very entertaining show. And you guys, uh, both of you, have a nice weekend. I'm talking about number four nine. I forgot his last name. He could be had in the second or third round. Thanks a lot. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I got to pull up his name. There's yeah, there's a couple guys from Bama, but there's a there. I know who he's talking about, and I I don't know exactly his name. Do you have it pulled up on? No, our, I can uh, get. I can. Yeah, he's from yeah, USC specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a linebacker, position? linebacker. Linebacker. Yeah, exactly. I, that was like I said, my bad for not uh, having his name at the top You're of my head. Not omniscient. What the hell, Q? <laughs> How about Dave B in the seven five seven? While Lindsay looks that uh, name up real quick on our don'tbebroke.com text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Q. One thing not being discussed on this draft process is with regard to whether or not we're going through a rebuild. I think we can agree that if we move up in the draft. It's for a quarterback. We obviously need to address the defense to be competitive now and make the move up for a quarterback signifies a rebuild. Drafting anything other than defense at pick seven indicates a rebuild. Trading down the draft adds an interesting twist if we move down and go defense. We're signaling that we're looking to compete now, but also building for the future. Thoughts? As Dave being the 757, I don't 100% agree with that. I really don't. I mean, because if you get a quarterback at seven, for instance, like I did when Anthony Richardson fell to me, 
The Raiders still have 11 picks. The draft doesn't end after right. one pick. But it's about the principle of it. What principle? I know. There really is no principle. <laughs> I mean, did, just did, being like, we're changing our ways. We're not going towards the shiny object like we were talking a couple weeks ago. Like, you might be right. He might be this transcendental talent, but ultimately... What's undone this team is is a commitment to either certain values or or certain ways of constructing a roster. And that's where it's like, well, we're just kind of chasing after the boomer bust. And I feel like maybe others not, think they've done that. But what if the boomer bust happens to fall to you? You're not chasing it. It just came to you. I know. But sometimes it's still, opportunity knocks, you gotta o- open the door. Right. But you saying yes to him means you're saying no to a bunch of these other guys. And though they can be great yeses was, for this roster. I, no, you're right. And I'm I'm a big believer that Christian Gonzalez would be fantastic. I'm a big believer that Devin Witherspoon would be fantastic. I think Tyree Wilson, but the way that the board shook out, yeah. Witherspoon was taking one pick higher. So I could have gone with I could have gone with Christian Gonzalez, but I didn't. I chose to go with the guy, like I said, I chose door A instead of tor- door B. Or door B instead of George A. Whatever. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's that's what it was. But it's not like I don't, I don't, I don't agree that it signaled a, a rebuild because Kansas City wasn't rebuilding when they traded up from twenty-seven to ten to go get Patrick Mahomes. They That's weren't rebuilding. True. You want to hear me butcher this name of this kid from USC? Yeah, go for it. Tui Tuiplotu, T U I P U L O T U. Right, defensive end from uh, Lawndale High School. Apparently, there you go. There you go. Sixty-six, six-three. He's a big boy. You know who's going to know all about him? Who? Vinny. Vinny. Should we ask Vinny? No, we about, will. At okay. four o'clock, we'll, well I need a question for Vinny. When so it I comes, <laughs> when it comes to Southern California, Vinny knows. He knows Southern California. So we'll talk to Vinny coming up at four o'clock. But coming up next, Colin Dunlap, ninety-three-seven. The fan will make the pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is Radio Nation Radio nine twenty.